0: Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. It is 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. That means it's time for Tim with Tim. Man, I just love this time. I love you guys. Thank you for spending time on the Word with me today. We're in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. We're going verse by verse through the whole Bible. Right now, we're in the Gospel of Mark. It's good, isn't it? It's just really good. Today is I don't know, just one of the most fascinating stories, I think, in the Gospels. And um, we've been reading through Mark now for uh, what is nearly five chapters. Um, we've been talking so much about how Mark you know, just abbreviates things and just flies through stories. But you notice how this story is just sort of loaded down with detail? I mean, Mark doesn't rush through this story at all. And I, I just find that really kind of fascinating. I'm not sure why. Uh, I'd love to know your ideas, but... But for whatever reason, Mark 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 slows down and, and takes some time with this story, and I think it's fascinating. So it's right after Jesus calms the storm from yesterday, chapter 5, they arrived at the other side of the lake, which is, you know, again, Jesus said, hey, let's go the other side of the lake. Uh, and uh, the storm came, and I said, Jesus said, you go on the other side, you're going to the other side, and they're on the other side now. But look what happens. Uh, uh, this is true to Mark. I mean, th- nobody catches a break. I mean, it's just action, action, action. So... Man, it just sounds like, you know, they come out of the storm, they get on <clears throat> on the shore, and all of a sudden, this wild animal of a man comes tearing out of the tombs. I mean, this is like a horror movie. <laughs> it really, really is. Uh, it's just amazing. And this guy lives in the burial caves. I mean, can you imagine being a kid growing up in this town? and uh, sneaking out to see, you know, the ghost man, whatever. I mean, this guy is dangerous. This guy is feared. This guy is despised. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, again, it's like a horror movie. Now, what I think is interesting um, is when Mark's telling this story, you get to uh, verses 3, 4, and 5, and all of a sudden, you get this whole back story, which could only be only the townspeople could tell you this. Like, this is the kind of thing you'd find out if you went up, you know, down to Ridge Pond Market and sat down with some of the old men and they tell you about this guy that, you know, hangs out at the cemetery. I mean, this is like, this is what the townspeople could tell you. and, And only the townspeople. Again, just trying to think about Mark and how he sources his gospel, where he gets his information. Again, only the townspeople could tell you this, that he lives in the burial caves, Uh, they've tried to restrain him they've chained him up you know they've tied him to ropes but whatever you tie him with he can snap you know iron chains and you know smash the shackles with his bare hands nobody's strong enough to subdue him you see what i'm saying uh like you don't know that when you just get off the boat and here he comes running and slobbering toward you 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 know this is the backstory that somebody uh, you know, before or after I had to sit down and and, and tell you and know, again, I just think that's interesting. Day and night he wandered among the caves howling and cutting himself with stones. I think one of the reasons that Mark slows down on this story is to try to give us a fuller picture of 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 the nature of evil, the nature of the devil, and what his actual goal or what his function is in relation to his antagonism of human beings and here you get a pretty good example of what happens when he gets his way you know um, this man isn't just taken over you know with one bad spirit you know I mean it turns out man he is a, a rat's nest of demons uh, which again is so pathetic I just mean like your heart's got to break for this man I don't know how you end up with a legion of de- demons inside of you Um, But something tells me that you have to open the door, you know, one at a time, you know, nobody just gets possessed, you know, with, you know, a thousand demons in a day. I mean, um, little by little, you know, one at a time. Uh, And that's why you must be very, very careful when it comes to flirting with the devil, you know, just opening yourself to evil in any way. I had this conversation with a young man on Sunday who still kind of is a little bit fascinated with the devil, and he doesn't really want to make a full commitment to follow Jesus because he really does enjoy. I mean, and, and for him, it really is the devil. I mean, he has this attraction to the devil, and I'm just trying to convince him, you know, the devil would kill you if he could. You know, you must not think for a moment that the devil's going to give you anything good that he promises you. You know he would kill you if he could. It is the image of God in a person that the devil despises. And that's why he would destroy you in any way that he can, but he can't. And so even with all of these you know demons, you know, in this man, he howls you know and he's he, he seems like he's not even human anymore. He cuts himself with sharp stones i mean i think the implication there is you know he's nearly suicidal you know he'd harm himself but but even yet this man still continues to be a man he continues to have that that mark of the image of god in him and so jesus comes even from a distance away the man comes shrieking screaming slobbering snotting and comes and bows before him and uh, it's sort of like in previous uh, encounters with evil in the gospel of mark he starts you know, screaming out Jesus' name. It's interesting he calls Him Jesus, you know, not a divine name like you know, Son of the Most High God, which he is going to call Him as well, but Jesus, you know, he calls Him Jesus. Jesus, Son of the Most High God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't, don't torture me. Isn't that interesting? Um, again, once more, he's not you know, calling Jesus by these divine names uh, as a means of trying to worship or show respect, Uh, In a spiritual showdown, it is the knowledge of the name that gives you authority. And so understand, the demons in this moment are trying to seize control. You know, by by uttering, by claiming Jesus's name and by confronting him by name. Again, there's a sense in which this is a showdown and that's, that's meant to take control. So Jesus, you know, uh, uh, immediately, you know, come out of the man. What is your name? So Jesus is going to use his divine authority and demands the name of the demon. Uh, my name is Legion. Again, uh, you can debate on what that name means exactly. I mean, you can say, well, it means a squadron of soldiers, you know, a thousand. So he's got a thousand demons, or I don't know if it's a thousand, I don't don't know. Uh, I'm just saying that, yeah, there's a technical use of this, you know, in in Roman tradition, but I don't know if the demon is using it technically. Maybe the demon has chosen this powerful name, which means we are many. I, I don't know. I don't know. Two thousand pigs all down the same day. So some people say, you know, gosh, if every demon takes a pig, then there's two thousand demons. I don't know. I don't know. The fact is, Jesus uh, takes control. He, he he grabs the demon's name, commands him. But then this uh bargain here the evil spirits beg him again and again don't send us away don't like why are they i I don't understand how demons work i'll just be honest like i don't understand why they want to stay so close to home you know don't send us away don't send us far away i don't i don't know what that means uh just to be honest does anybody um don't send us away and then they beg to be sent into the pigs like personally i don't know why jesus doesn't just you know stomp them like bugs he's got the authority it wouldn't take you know a flick of his little finger to destroy them for eternity i don't even know why we're talking to them you know um i think most scholars you know most you know religious thinkers here christian preachers um say that it's just it's it's not it's not time Uh, jesus is going to destroy evil all at once but not yet not not now and so for that reason he's not going to destroy them he allows them to continue but he won't let them continue to afflict people won't let them continue to afflict this man or anybody else so they go into the swine the pigs and instantly the pigs you know run off a cliff Um, that is the intention and when jesus lets them go into the pigs everybody knows what's going to happen you know except maybe the pigs I mean, this is what their plan is. That they're going to destroy the pigs. I mean, like I said, they'd kill the man if they could. They'd kill you if they could. But they don't have that kind of power over you know, a human that has a will and the image of God in us. And so they are able, though, to just you know, destroy the pigs instantly. And so the pigs rush off the cliff. The man is set free and the townspeople are afraid and angry. You know, I, I, I've preached about this at times and uh, I'm always interested on how when when somebody gets set free like this, um, it's always gonna make somebody mad, you know? I don't understand that necessarily. But when you get set free from your sin, when you get set free from the evil and, and what oppresses and possesses you, um, somebody's gonna lose some pigs and, and they're not gonna be happy about it, you, you know? Um, you know, when you were an addict, you know, when when you were enslaved to sin and then somehow, you know, the Lord changed the story of your life, you know, weren't there people who just weren't excited, weren't happy for you, you know? And it's just interesting how people just have that inability to celebrate. And again, indeed, some people, and these guys actually lost a pig here, you know, lost their pigs. And and so they want Jesus out of here. Um, It's interesting how Jesus tells this man, hey, number one, the man begs Jesus, can I just come with you? Can I come with you? Um, it sounds like he's applying for discipleship. Honestly, you know, remember early on when Jesus was inviting the twelve, created the twelve. They were first just called to c- come be with him, and that's all the, you know, this man is asking for. Can I just come be with you. Um, I guess when you lived in town and you've been the most hated man in town for all these years, and every kid in town's been you know throwing rocks at you for you know forever, you'd rather just get out of town. But Jesus says, no, no, you need to go back home. You need to go back home and be reconciled to all the people that you've been you know, driven away from for so long. Go back home and be a person, be, be a son, be a husband, you know, be, a, be a father, you know, whatever. Go back to your family and tell them what, tell, tell them what I've done for you. Uh, this is in direct uh, you know, uh, contrast with everything. And We talked about this was it yesterday uh, when Jesus tells them, hey, don't tell anybody. Uh, you know, you know, he raises him from the dead. He's going to do it tomorrow with you know Jairus's daughter. Don't tell anybody. But it's interesting here. He's like, hey, go tell everybody what I've done. Um, I think the only difference here is that uh, these are Gentiles. Don't forget. I mean, this is like the of all the things Jesus, all the places Jesus goes, and all the people he deals with. Man, these are you know, two Gentile towns here. I mean, if you don't believe me, ask the pigs. (laughs) They raise pigs, y'all. They're not Jewish people. Um, And so it's interesting that among the Gentiles, Jesus says, oh yeah, go tell everybody what, what I've done. So I think that's kind of interesting, a fascinating story. We'll pick up right here for tomorrow. Pick up in verse 21. Uh, I love this. I love what happens next. I love this woman who sneaks up behind Jesus and touches the hem of his robe. I I love the story of the healing of Jairus' daughter. Uh, And we'll do all that tomorrow. So we'll finish out chapter 5 tomorrow at 10 o'clock, Lord willing. So join me then. But read ahead. Stay in the Word. It's a beautiful day. Give God glory and praise Him and everything you do and say today. Uh, And I just want to say one more time, I love you guys. Have a great afternoon and I will see you tomorrow. All right, Have, have a good one.